This may not be what you think it is. You might think you know what this is, but that might not be what this is. This is life, power, hope for tomorrow, change for today. This changes everything. It could be closer than you think. It might be right in front of you. Look closely. You don't want to miss this. All right. Great to see all of you here today. Welcome to week number three of a series that we've called This Is That. We'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Let me look into the camera as I always like to do. And in my mind, I can see the different locations all across the state, the eight uh, Birmingham area campuses, and then in the six cities around Birmingham that we have the honor of being in, and all the men and women in the correctional facilities, which guys, this week, I, I kind of devoted this week to praying specifically over your prayer cards that you guys turned in, and just know that we love you, we're praying for you, believing God's best for you, and we always have a bunch of people, about 10,000 people watch our services as they're happening, and a bunch more watch it after we archive it, but for everybody that's somewhere around the world watching online, we're so glad you're here. Come on, Grant Smith, like you've never done it before. Come on, say hello. God bless you guys. Come on, you can do better than that. That's awesome. Yeah. And we hope you found room. We know that in all the locations, it gets, gets real full in this fall season. We've got them over in the theater, and there are people in the chapel and everywhere uh, at the, your locations as well. In fact, I just got a text that in one location, they're like in triple overflow, help them Jesus. Amen, everybody. So it's an exciting, it's an exciting thing that's happening uh, right now. Before we get into today's message, um, I wanted to remind you, you already know this, we are in the final week of 21 days of prayer. If you're new to our church twice a year, we have a prayer focus, which basically basically means every day for 21 days, we join together, uh, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., Saturdays at 9 a.m., and then, of course, church on Sunday. And we just devote that time for prayer for this one thought. I want you to hear it straight from me, and that is we seek God because we need God, because we can't do it by ourselves. I, I face so much uh, and not only in my personal life, but certainly as a leader of a growing church like this, so many things that I know that are, that are so far beyond my personal abilities. We seek God because we need God. Our nation needs God. Our families need God. Our marriages need God. And that's why we pray. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? Yeah. So I want you to join us, even if you haven't had the chance already. Uh, in this effort. Maybe uh, you just didn't even know about it, but we're in the final week, so we'll be back uh, at all the locations at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then try to do everything you can to join us for one hour on the button. I mean, we'll end right at right at 10 o'clock, 9 to 10 o'clock on Saturday, the grand finale. I'm praying it's the largest prayer service in the history of our church, and I'd love for you to come be a part of it. And we'll make sure you're out right on time so you can go mow grass. Come on, everybody. All right? So... Help yourself with all of that. All right, pull out the little message note sheet out of your worship guide. If you're watching online, you can download it, or you can actually uh, start filling out your uh, message notes uh, on the Highlands app. So you, whatever uh, form, go ahead and pull those out. And today I've got a lot of extra notes for you. So if you like lots of verses and you kind of like the deep end of the pool and you like teaching, uh, you'll love today. Uh, we're in a series that basically helps us understand things that most people in Christianity don't understand. When the early church was birthed, which is the book of Acts, is the history book of the first church, the first New Testament church, the early church uh, in the first century. And, 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 and when, the, when the church was birthed uh, in the book of Acts, there were a lot of things that both the church and unchurched people didn't understand. 
because it came with power and demonstration and just a lot of things people don't understand. And here we are over 2,000 years later and people still don't understand. And so this series is just here to help us understand some of those uh, hot topics and areas that are confusing to a lot of people. And so when the church was birthed, uh, the Bible says in the second chapter of Acts that the crowd were both amazed and perplexed and they asked one another, what in the world does all this mean? We're confused about you Christians. What, what is up with all that? And actually, some made fun of them. And anything you don't understand, you'll either just avoid or, or you'll make fun of. And that's dangerous if God actually gave it to you. So they make fun of the things, and they said, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with those Christians. They're drunk. <laughs> they just, they've been drinking. And so Peter, Peter stood up uh, and did what I'm trying to do in this series, and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd and he said, hey, crowd, fellow Jews and all you guys who live in Birmingham and Fultondale and Huntsville and wherever you are, wherever you're watching, Opa like, wherever you are, let me, let me explain this to you. And that's my, my hope is to come up with some areas that I think are still confusing to people and explain it to you. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. <laughs> They're not drunk. It's not what you think it is. Because you've got to be careful when you think it's something and you're going you're gonna to avoid that thing. I don't want to do that. That's crazy stuff. They are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is that. That's where we got the series title. No, this isn't that. This is that. So you're avoiding something, thinking it's something. Like, I don't want to play. I don't want to play basketball. Why not? Man, I hate getting tackled. No, that's football. You can do it. You can do it. Right? So a lot of people are making decisions about faith and Christianity and the Bible based on mistruths and things that they don't understand. He said, no, this is actually something that was spoken by a prophet, Joel, that you guys for thousands of years have been waiting to happen and finally here and you're rejecting it because you don't understand. So in week number one, we talked about something that a lot of people don't understand, and that is the Holy Spirit. Um, in fact, a lot of people say, I understand God the Father. Get that one. I understand Jesus the Son. Man, what's up with that ghost? I don't know if I want a ghost you know, in my life. And so a lot of people avoid the Holy Spirit. We try to explain who he is in week number one. Uh, and then we, we dug in last week on, on praise and worship. A lot of people uh, say, man, that, that crowd's pretty radical. They, they, you, know, you do the same exact thing on a Saturday, they call you a fan. Do it on a Sunday, they call you a fanatic. You know? So anyway, so we're not fanatics. We're just in love with Jesus. Amen, everybody? And so we're not, we're not crazy. We're not drunk. You know? We're in love. Uh, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And that, we, we just get a little case of the can't help it's every once in a while. And that's why we worship the way we do. If you want to understand praise and worship from a biblical perspective, uh, we archive all of our messages you can watch online here. Now we're going to dig even deeper into an area that a lot of people don't understand. And they even make fun of it this way by calling people like you and me, oh, that's that health and wealth crowd. That's that, that's that healing bunch, you know, and they don't understand healing. Well, we're going to talk about healing today. In fact, in the church world, you're going to see a lot of different views on this. You probably have your own. And today we're going to look into a biblical approach to this. What does God's word actually say about people being healed? Well, I'll tell you two, two errors that, in my opinion, they're errors. They're, 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 they, the pendulum has swung way too far. This is not in your notes. It's just kind of my little introduction. And the first is what I call, and I made up this word, it's the confessionist approach. And the confessionist approaches, you know, they even call it the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. Grab, you know, that's, that's the that's that crowd, you know. And they basically, uh, the, the, this, this pendulum swings to a point that says, man, you just say it, your, your, word, your words have power. Well, that, the Bible really doesn't say that. It is important. Your confession and what you think and believe is important, but you just can't say something 
and have it. And, and so a lot of people that believe that, they'll even say, so if you're sick, well, then you're in sin. You're messed up. You're far from God. And that's not what God's word says. But that pendulum has also swung the completely opposite side to what I call the cessationist approach. And there's actually a theology in some denominations called cessationism. And cessationism is an actual belief, even though there's not a single verse that says it. It's a belief that yeah, miracles happened in the Bible. They just don't happen today. That once the early church was established and that the, when the final, that's actually how they teach it. When the final apostle died, God just says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close shop on all miracles. All right. Well, we know that's not true because every one of you in this room, I've never even met a Christian that doesn't believe that God doesn't still do miracles. Come I in, if he's even done one in the past 2,000 years, then they haven't stopped. You know, so we know God is still in the miracle working business and he still does it. But where the rub comes is because we've all had experiences. We've all had experiences where we've seen God do great things and then we've also buried people that we prayed for. We've had a lot of disappointment in this area. And when, when that happens, there's fear. I, I've experienced this personally. Like, I, I know what it feels like to be in the middle of all that. So what does God's word say? Well, several years ago, I did a teaching. I'm actually going to bring it to you again on this topic and just give you a few new verses and scriptures. And probably one of the clearest places that just absolutely talks about sick people getting well is in James chapter 5. And here's what it says. If anyone is among you is in trouble... They should pray about that trouble. So that clearly says that you can take trouble, pray about it, and that trouble will change. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. If anyone among you is sick, let him call the elders of the church to pray over them. And then even adds this detail and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, which by the way, we're going to offer today. So that's right. At the end of every service, we're going to believe this verse. It's in the Bible. We're going to believe it. All right. And if you need prayer, um, we'll, we'll pray for you. By the way, if you want the pastors and elders that are going to be praying over you, if you want them to anoint you with oil, you have to ask for it. All right. We're not going to, we don't just start slinging it over you in Jesus' name. All right, everybody. So you, you, you got to ask. And it's just a little dab will do you. And by the way, there's nothing magical about the oil. Uh, it's just a symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like communion's a symbol, baptism is a symbol. The water doesn't save you. Jesus saves you, all right? See, these are symbols. These are symbols to help our faith be, get, get involved in all this because the prayer offered in faith, and that's the key phrase that we're going to talk about today because no matter where you look at the topic of healing or miracles, you get this word faith, and I'm hopefully going to explain something to you today about faith that you did not know. And that is that faith is not just an instant. Faith is a journey. I won't talk about that today. The faith, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, interesting twist. Like, why are you even talking about this? If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. And watch where it even goes to a deeper place. Watch this. Therefore, confess your sins. No, no, no. I don't worry about sin. I'm sick. No, this part's important too, according to God. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be, and he throws the word in there again, healed. And this time, the word heal, listen, this, this, this word heal is different than the other healing. This is not a body healing. This is an inner healing. It's the word for something much deeper in your life gets healed. I want you to note that. We're going to come back to it. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So if we're just dissecting this passage of scripture, I see three observations you need to know. Jot these down if you're taking notes. And the first is, is that God still heals people. Amen. Can I get a better amen? Church of the Highlands, all right? Yeah, God still heals people. We all know that. 
In fact, several years ago, we were in the middle of 21 days of prayer. It's back when we were a much smaller church and we didn't have our own facilities yet. We were meeting at Mountain Brook High School and we, our office complex was behind, um, a lot of you guys in Birmingham know where Lloyd's is on 280 and, um, and where the Walmart is and there's a Skates 280 and there's an office building there and that was our very first office building. And we had a little 230 seat auditorium that we would do midweek meetings in and that's where we were doing 21 days of prayer, which we've been doing since the beginning of the church. And there was a lady uh, who's been a part of our church, still is today, uh, her and her family, uh, that had let me know that during these 21 days, she would be praying for uh, the ability to get pregnant because four doctors told her um, that it was physically impossible, that she had some things going on uh, in her womb that were just never, it, 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 they flat out told her it is absolutely impossible. We're not even sure surgery could correct it. It's, it's, not, it's just not going to happen. So she was believing God for that. I'm fine with that. So I was trusting God with her. And I don't know what day we were in. I, I'm, and I just pace a lot when I pray. I, I, just, I was just going back and forth and listening to the music and worshiping God and praying, giving, pouring out my heart to God. She was over on this <laughs> my right-hand side about four rows back. And she was a kneeler. She was over there kneeling and praying. And I thought, oh, there she is. Praise God. And all of a sudden, she pops up and runs to the front where I'm at. She goes, I just got pregnant. I'm like, I didn't see nothing. I, you know. <laughs> you know. I said, are you sure? What are you talking about? Like, she goes, I'm telling you, I just got pregnant. I was like, I'd like for you to go to the doctor and confirm that, you know? And I, that's, so I was like, I'll, I'll believe God with you, but why don't you go get a, a confirmation that sure enough, she was pregnant. Doctors scratching their heads. They don't know how. I'm telling you, they've had four kids since then, everybody. Come on, y'all listening to me? God still heals. Y'all believe that? Sure you do. You know that. That's, that's, this is the easy part. But we know that Jesus, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same. Say it out loud, every campus. Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. All right, Pastor, then, then why? Why, why, why doesn't it happen all the time? Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes I think, man, if I was God, if I was God, I'm going straight down to Children's Hospital right now. I'm emptying every room down there. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think thoughts like that. God, why not? Well, the problem is, not in your notes, is that God's thoughts and our thoughts are not the same. Yeah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. And that's the point, listen to me, in your Christian journey, you're going to have to go, okay, I'll wait for an answer. I'm perfectly happy showing up in heaven and saying, God, why didn't you? And he's saying, let me show you why. And I have this theory, and I, I think I'm right. I think we're all going to show up in heaven one day, and you all have visions of heaven, right? You think, you, you think you sh you're pretty sure you're going to hear the hallelujah chorus up there. Hallelujah. Like, you're going to hear that as the angels and everything sing. No, no, no. I'm telling you, listen, when it happens, you'll say, man, where's Hodges? He was right. Because look, look, the first sound you're going to heaven, you hear in heaven is going to be, oh, oh. And it's going to be a bunch of Christians going, oh, trust me, it's not in the Bible, but I promise you, you're going you're to hear that. Because the Bible says in 1 John, one day we'll be in heaven, we'll see him as, as he is, and everything becomes clear at that moment, which means it's not clear now, and the question is, are you going to be okay with it in the meantime? Look, they don't call it faith for, for, you know, just for accident. It's, it's, it's a walk of faith. It's, it's the Christian faith, which means there are going to be parts you don't understand. His ways, his thoughts are not our ways. 
In fact, we celebrate miracles. I thank God for this dear lady having four children now, and doctor says it's impossible, but it doesn't work that way out for everybody. In fact, one verse, not in your notes again, you, you know, we actually studied earlier this year the, the Hall of Fame of Faith, the great, we call it running with the giants, the giants of the faith. Let me show you the last part of that chapter. We, we never got to that part that some people didn't get an answer to their prayer. In fact, all these people earned a good reputation. So they were still faith people, yet none of them received all that God had promised. Look at this last sentence. For God had planned something better. He had something better in mind. Well, it's not better in my mind. I mean, the best thing in my mind is for you to do what I told you to do, God. And God's going, no, I have something better. One, one translation says he had planned something better for them. And that's the part I'm just telling you, you have to understand. If you're going to understand healing, we believe God for it, but we also trust him when it doesn't work out the way we think it should. In fact, not, again, not in your notes. I've shared this with so many families, grieving families, as they go through things. In Isaiah 57, it says, good people, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time, or at least in your mind, before their time. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil that is to come. Well, perhaps, perhaps we do get up in heaven and we go, oh my goodness, Lord, you were right. Well, I know it's going to, oh, I get it now. And, and that's why I have no problem with the things I don't understand. I have no problem just trusting my God. I don't worry about the things I don't understand. I just put my faith in God. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? And I'm going to tell you, you'll drive yourself crazy if you don't. If you put yourself in the place of God, you'll drive yourself crazy. And that's why the truth is, they're both true. Like God still heals and God still doesn't, but it actually is a healing in another way. And you just, I just trust him for all of them. And if you're sick, I pray for you. I don't like, mm, I don't think you're one of the ones. I'm so sorry. You know, we don't do that. Because the Bible says, the Lord will rescue me. Can I hear an amen, everybody? He will rescue me from every evil attack and, we don't like this and, and he'll bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To which when I read, I'm like, Lord, then which one is it? Are you rescuing me or are you bringing me? And the answer is yes. He both rescues you and brings you. It's both. To him be glory forever and ever. And church of the Highlands said a good Amen. You've got to understand that. you just got to understand that. But I'm going to tell you the bigger picture and the reason why James goes right from that, oh yeah, praise God, believe, bring people forward, anoint them with oil. That's, that's wonderful. But he goes right into that whole dialogue about sin and your soul. And then he uses that word healing that means much deeper than anything physical. And that's because, write it down, God is more concerned about my soul. And I'm going to tell you why. And that's because our bodies, my body is not who I am. My body is what I live in. Even earth, even this life on earth is not really my life. This is just a, 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 a mist. The Bible says that this life on earth is a mist in the, in the light of eternity. This life is really just a test. It's an opportunity for me to, to live my life and to choose Christ. And then once I do, to live my life to get as many people on fire for God as I possibly can. But my life isn't this life, and my life is not this body. Like, I'm not what you see. There's a person inside of here. This returns right back to dust. My soul, my spirit goes to heaven. 
Are y'all listening to me? And that's why Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. You guys are too body focused. He says, but be afraid of the one who can throw both body and soul into hellfire. You're, you're thinking about earth. I mean, I'm thinking about heaven. We think about the wrong things. And that's why even when the disciples would go out and pray, they came back all fired up one time because Jesus had given them authority to use his name. And so they would cast out devils and devils would come out, freak them out because they had never done miracles like that before. And when they came back, Jesus said this, watch this. Don't rejoice that spirits submit to your name. I know you're fired up about that, that you're seeing all these miracles on earth, but rejoice guys, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. Rejoice that your names or written in heaven. I mean, praise God we see miracles. Praise God she's had four kids. Praise God he still does do that. That's not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that one day we kind of pass through this earth and we spend the vast majority of our life in heaven with God, with our sins completely paid for. Amen, everybody? Are you understanding that? No, that's the truth. I don't like it. I'd just rather him do everything here on earth. And I'm just telling you, God's not quite as earth focused as, as we are. So what do we do? Well, we still pray. We pray for God to do miracles. I, I'm trusting God for miracles in, in my own life, in my own family. We just, but we're going to focus on the real thing and that is eternity. But I'm going to tell you, here's the kicker. And this is what I want to spend the rest of our time on today. And that is the real goal of all of this is that God wants me to grow in my faith journey. Yeah, he wants me to grow. In other words, God, we're focused on the miracle and where they get healed or not. And I'm just telling you, it's going to hurt some of your feelings. God's not as focused on that as you are. God's looking at something much deeper. And that is, listen to me, the process that goes on in me in the meantime, through all of that. Now, if you don't understand this, this whole Christian journey thing will drive you crazy. Because you'll be too, you'll be too uh, results focused, and God is process focused. So we're all, th in fact, here's how I would say it we're concerned about what's happening to us, God's concerned about what's happening in us. And I just need you to know that if I'm going to be a good pastor for you. So, in other words, while we're going through the thing that we're praying for, God is still at work, even when you think He's not answering anything. I'll, I'll personalize it. So I've seen a lot of miracles. I've been doing ministry 33 years now, and I've prayed for a lot of people, and I've seen cancer healed. We prayed for a guy right here in this room right now, four years ago, leukemia, was given a death date. Doctor said, you had this amount of time to live, and he's completely cancer-free and in the room right now, everybody. So that cancer disappeared. Are y'all listening to me, everybody? And that's just one... That's one of many that I, that I could tell you. I've, I've seen it. But I'm also, yesterday at 21 Days of Prayer, was sitting right there on the front row next to my precious wife, praying a prayer that I prayed for 19 years that has never been answered. Yeah, I sat right there in the front row and once again said, God, heal my son Joseph. Deliver him of this, this autism that has ripped his, his social abilities and his speech abilities from him. And in my heart, I see a young man, my youngest son, my youngest child. I see him living his life out, serving God and doing something great for God. Right now, I'll tell you the reality of it. Right now, it looks like he may live with us the rest of his life. That's where it is today. But that doesn't stop me 
from sitting right there on the front row, and every time I'm with my God, I say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Let me tell you what's happened over the 19 years. And that is a deep work has gone on inside of me. Yeah, that's right. Since, since I've experienced a, a special needs child, um, I'm very focused on it as a pastor, and we have our special needs ministry. In fact, there are families who have joined our church just because there's a place for their children to come because there's, there was no other place to bring them. They can actually come to church and know that their children are going to be taken care of. Can we thank God who, for those that are serving them right now in Highland Haven, we call it? Yeah. And not only that, I just can't tell you how well-adjusted you become. Uh, you, those of you who have special needs children, you, you, just pick, you just can't be selfish. You just can't be, you know. And my kids have had to, they're, they're completely different because we've gone through this. What is God doing? I don't have the foggiest idea. You say, Chris, why didn't God heal all the time? You ready for this? Here's the answer. Write it down. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is in the meantime, he's doing a, there's a journey of faith going on inside of me and I'm growing. I'm just telling you that. So do I go, well, he's just supposed to be this way. No, I prayed yesterday again, God healing. And I want to take you on that faith journey because the, really the truth about healing, if you want to know what this is, it's not what you think it is. This is actually that it's a faith journey. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without this hope, without this expectation, without this, I don't see it happening, but I'm going to trust you anyway, it's impossible to please God, which means if you don't have faith, he'll work that faith in you. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now listen to me. When do you seek God the most? When all, everything is answered or when you have a lot of need? Well, obvious. Yeah. I'm telling you, the first years of this church, it was crazy. I pray a lot now. I prayed a lot when there wasn't none of you here. <laughs> oh, God, please help us, Lord Jesus. I, spent, I would spend three hours a day in prayer, had a big old giant map of the state of Alabama in my home office, and I would pace in there for hours. Oh, God, give us people, give us people. I was desperate. I didn't know if any of it was going to work. Yeah, when none of your, when you, you see a picture, but it hadn't happened yet, oh, man, I'm, I, I was so close to the Lord. Yeah, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's why in the journey of faith, that's why the very next verse in the book of James that talks about all this healing and people, sick people getting well, he tells a story. Here's the next verse. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. <laughs> in two sentences, James retells a story that, that actually you need a few more details to really appreciate that story. Because in those two verses is the journey of faith that I want all of you to have. And when you understand this faith journey, you'll understand healing. Let's go to the story. First Kings. This is the actual story now in the Old Testament. Elijah, the Tishbite, because he was from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, the, the, the king there that he was at war against or was a wicked king. He says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, hey, Ahab, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my, at my word. Now he had, Elijah had gotten a word from God that you're going to get Ahab to turn from his wicked ways if it won't rain. And so Elijah 
says that. He goes, I'm telling you, I've got a word from God, and it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And I want you to write this down because it's an important part of your faith journey. Faith begins with a word from God. It begins with a word from God. In other words, you can't grow in your faith journey without something inside of you that God has spoken to you. You say, Chris, where does that come from? Romans tells us. Romans chapter 10. So then faith comes. So you want, your, you, want, you want to grow in this faith journey? I'm trying to help you. Faith comes when you go to church and hear it, and even more so when you read the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Like your faith will grow. And what, you, what that means is, is I need you to read your Bible, not as just a little quiet time in the morning. I need you to read your Bible and get a word from God. Let that, let that word come alive on the inside of you. I have a word for my son Joseph. I believe, I say it every day, God, I believe one day that somehow you'll use him to communicate the gospel to thousands of people. I see it, I believe it, and one day I'll stand on this stage and tell you the story how God used Joseph. I'm telling you it'll happen. That how God used Joseph to communicate the gospel to thousands of people. I actually thought, and Tammy will tell you, I actually thought he would preach one day. I thought, no, no, you don't, devil. No, you don't. He's going, he's going, maybe he'll take my place one day when I'm old and gray, you know, and just, I don't know. And, I, and, and now that he's developed, Joseph has this incredible ability on computers and to create music and video. And, and I'm telling you, God's going to use what he creates for thousands to understand the gospel of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, I got that word in my heart. I'll tell the testimony one day. I'm just telling you in advance. You know why? Because I keep reading God's word. I come, I come all discouraged and I open my Bible. And I just, it reminds myself that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I just keep reminding myself, I need you to have that, church. So I want you to read your Bibles. And I want you to just read it. I want you to let it come inside of you and give you a word. Jesus said it this way, not in your notes. These words, these words, the Bible. I have spoken to you. They are spirit. He uses an interesting word there, pneuma, which literally translates as wind. Can't see wind. Don't even know when it's coming. But when you do, boy, it'll, it'll knock you over. It'll, it'll, it, it does things. It's wind is powerful when it's at work. And that's the word he uses. He goes, man, if you'll read it, all of a sudden, you'll, just, you'll sense that it's there, and God will be at work in your life. The Hebrews says it this way. The word of God is alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. It joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. If you'll read the Bible, it'll do a work on the inside of you. Get a word from God. I'm telling you, if your faith journey begins by reading your Bible and getting a word from God, then watch what happens in the Elijah story. So now, now three and a half years are over. There ain't no rain coming. So Elijah gets desperate and goes, Dude, I better pray. I better seek God for some rain because I done told that king it's going to rain three and a half years and there's not even a cloud in the sky. So he gets on his face and seeks God and he tells his servant, look, I'm not even going to look at my circumstances. You go look toward the sea and, and tell me what you see. And the servant comes back and says, ain't nothing there. Come on, anybody with me on that one? Okay, because I was right down there yesterday again. Oh, God. Please heal my son, Joseph. God, use him in a mighty way. And I look up. I went home after prayer, and there ain't wasn't nothing there. Y'all listening to me? 
wasn't nothing there yet. But look what he said, last two words. I'm just waiting for those two words to get inside of somebody today. I don't know who this is for. I know it's for me. I'll be back tomorrow morning, sitting in that, that chair right over there. I'm going back. I'm gonna say, Lord, I love you. I trust you. Nothing's too difficult for you. And without complaining, without any, any doubt, Lord, heal my son Joseph, God. I rebuke autism. I curse it at the root in Jesus' name. Lord, let, 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 let life communication, let it all, Lord, just work in his life, God. Let him communicate to thousands your truth, your gospel. Lord, do it in Jesus' name. Everybody say, go back. Come on, say it again. Go back. Say it again. Go back. Yeah, just keep going back. I'm trying to teach you something about your faith journey. Something, by the way, whether you like it or not, God is committed to this. He just never answers you usually on the first time. He just doesn't do it. Somehow he likes the closeness he has with you when you keep going back. Somehow I think he likes me being dependent. Like, like if, he, if every prayer crew has like, he just answered it and just answered every single one of them, I probably wouldn't talk to God for months. Because I got everything I need, right? No, he kind of likes me at that place. And, and, the, and the seventh time the service reported, well, got some good news and bad news for you, Elijah. Uh, I see a cloud, but it ain't very big. It's, about the, it's just a little wisp over the Mediterranean. There it is right there. About the size of a man's hand. It's rising from the sea. And Elijah said, that's all I need. Go tell Ahab he better get himself home because there's a rain is a coming. He better ride in that chariot because a flood is on the way. What does that teach us? Remember, James wanted us to know this about your faith journey. Write this down, and that is that faith continues, I love this word, regardless. Regardless. So once again, tomorrow morning at 21 days of prayer, God bring revival to America. Now, every indicator says we're actually going the opposite direction. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to cry out to God, bring revival. Lord, let God bless America once again. We're going, to, we're going to break the powers of darkness and every immoral thing that has been hitting our land and trust God for revival. Are we going, I'm going to trust him. We're going to keep going back, keep going back, keep going back because faith continues. Say it out loud. It continues regardless of what you see. And that's why if you're going to understand faith, 2 Corinthians says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, pastor, what do I do in the meantime? Not in your notes, because I'm just trying to give you some, some soul verses today. Don't throw away your confidence. I love this translation. It says, don't throw away the confident trust. Remember the great reward it brings you, patient endurance. I hate those two words. Patient <laughs> endurance is what you need. Mm, thank you, Jesus. That's what I need. Praise God. Why? so that you will continue to do God's will, and then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, and I got some bad news for you, that's God's little while. <laughs> that's funny to me. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Because God comes along and says, oh, in just a little while. You know a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. It's like, mm, I don't like your little while, God. All right, so in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. My righteous ones will live by and there's the word again. I just need you to hang in there in the meantime. Well, you know the rest of the story. It not only rained, watch this. It says, meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, and a heavy rain came 
on, and Ahab rode off to Jericho. He got in his chariot and got, tried to get ahead of that flood. And watch what happens. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and he tucked in his cloak so he wouldn't trip over it, and he ran ahead of that chariot that Ahab was in, which is physically impossible to do is what, what the point is. So in other words, God did such a supernatural miracle. Listen, listen. It went beyond. It always goes beyond. It'll always go beyond. If you'll just stay patient, trust God, keep believing for miracles, don't, don't fall into the, well, I guess God doesn't do that anymore. If it be thy will, because it probably ain't, you probably don't care about us anymore. No, no, no. I'm trusting God for big things, great things. He's an awesome God, and I'll wait as long as it takes, and then God always does more than I expected, because the faith journey goes from a small beginning to a grand finale. It does it every single time if you'll get on the faith journey. Now, had you intentionally write down those two words, small beginning? Because I think, in closing, that's the part of the faith journey people despise. Now, I want you to look up here at me just for a second. I want to help you. Too many of us are just end in mind people. I just want the end. I'm kind of that way in the natural. I'm a there's kind of two kinds of people in this world. There's, a, there's the journey person, and then there's the destination person. You ever go on a vacation with a destination person? They don't want to look at nothing, stop at nothing, eat nothing. I want to get there. Come on, where y'all at? That's me. Like, I'm a destin... Forget, forget that we just passed by the world's greatest whatever. I don't want to see it. I want to get there. That's who I am. Well, look at me. Listen to me. God's not... He's a journey person. Yes, he is. And he likes everything that you experience while you're, you're going to get there. I promise you. And you'll be in heaven one day and go, oh, you did it exactly. Oh, God, you did it exactly like you were supposed to. Uh, you will say that. But unless you appreciate the, the journey, let me, let me show it to you in the Old Testament. So it says, do not despise small beginnings. Don't despise how close you got to me, Chris, when you sat on that front row and for 19 years cried out, heal Joseph. I liked that closeness we had, Chris, when you did that. I'm going to heal him. I'm going to promise you. I promise you'll get in heaven one day and say, man, God, you did, you did Joseph's life just like you should have. I am, I, I'm in awe, God. It's amazing. But I liked, I, liked, I liked how close we got in the meantime. Are y'all listening to me, everybody? Don't, don't despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I know. I like to see the work end. I want to get there. And God likes beginnings. And that's why Paul, three different times he was in prayer, begging for God to take away this thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was. And each time God says, mm, I'm not ready yet. My grace is sufficient for you. Because actually, my power works best, Paul, when you're over there crying out for me to do something in your life. Oh, Paul said, well, if that's the case, I'll boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work, so I can take this faith journey, so I can grow. So on Wednesday, um, in prayer, our Fultondale campus pastor, Caleb Chambers, was leading. We let our campus pastors lead every morning. For those of you here, you, you saw this story. Uh, there's a couple at the Fultondale campus, Brent and Aaron, who for six years have been praying for a child, can't get pregnant. And um, so they were in 21 days of prayer a few years ago, and 
Somebody came up to them in the middle of 21 days of prayer and said, hey, there's an opportunity for you to adopt. They thought, well, maybe this is how God is answering. So praise God. They celebrated it. They went through the process, met with the family. The family of the girl who wanted to give up her child agreed. And one month after they made that arrangement with this other family, she got pregnant. And so now they have two little girls the exact same age, four years old. In fact, I brought a picture of them. You want to see what they look like? Here they are. Show it to them. There they are, right there. Yeah. So all along, God was at work. And I can't imagine the stories that, that Brent and Aaron can tell along the way. But I'll promise you, they'll tell you this. God did a work in me. And that's why everybody's all focused on healing, divine healing, and what happened. It's important. But that's not the most important thing. Write this down. I'm going to pray for you. This is, this is profound. The process is the point. You want to understand faith? The process is the point. The process is that God, let God work in you. He still heals everybody. Let, he still does miracle. Let God work in you. And all God's people said a good, bow your head in prayer. I did the best I could explain to you healing today. Amen. Let's bow in prayer together. Please be very still, very quiet. This is, I just need about three or four minutes at every location for let, to let God work. Just take, just one, just give me just a second. Don't put your things away. No, don't click everything. I'm going to get, I'll, I will give you an official clicking time. All right. I, I pray, I pray. That means you're taking notes and I, I love that sound, but just wait just a second. If you're here today and you need a miracle and you want somebody to pray for you, our pastors and our elders are ready to lay hands on you and pray for you. We, we're going to obey the scriptures. You can do that at the end whenever we give together our offering together. But today, God, I pray for everybody at the church that you would take them on a faith journey. The one I'm on is I'm growing and I'm trusting. And God, as I, as I see miracles, Church of the Highlands is a miracle. And while I'm still trusting you to work it out in my own family, God, God, today we trust you. We, we, we appreciate the process and help everybody at church today just go on that process of growth and closeness with you. With every head bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to invite our campus pastors to come on the stage with me. At all of our locations, you're here today say, Chris, I'm far from God. I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. I don't know if my name is written in that book you talked about. I don't know. If you want to know, then you need to pray this simple little prayer. I want to lead you in it right there at every campus. Say this. Say, Jesus, I receive what you did on the cross. I ask you to forgive me. I surrender my life completely to you. Live inside of me. Change me. Be my Lord. Today, I choose to follow you. Today, say this little phrase, I give you my life, everything. In Jesus' name. Amen.